Welcome to the Embracing You podcast with your host, Eric Pothen. We are all on our own unique journey to discovering ourselves. Each episode, I will help you navigate the journey within to reconnect with and discover the innate love you have for yourself. This podcast will cover topics from self-love to eating disorders and body image to mental health and to overall well-being. My goal is to help you honor and embrace yourself so you may live your most authentic life. Let's dive in. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back for the fourth episode of the Embracing You podcast. I am having such a great time creating and putting these together for you all, and I really hope Um, that you have been able to find some takeaways from each of the episodes so far. Right now, I am in Stockholm, Sweden, on a 10-day trip to Scandinavia. Um, And I, I knew that I needed to get an episode out for you all this week, so I am just taking some time here in my hotel room tonight to hop on here really quickly and record this for you all. So, uh, ever since I put out the last two episodes of this podcast on vulnerability and surrendering, I've noticed more in the moment when I am really choosing to practice these skills. And I've really become aware of what that feels like internally when I do these things. And for me, it is so, so freeing when I allow myself to be vulnerable and to surrender to the moment. I've spent the first couple of episodes trying to equip you with some tools to help you take your own journey within. And now that I've spent some time trying to teach you about these tools, I thought I'd take those tools of vulnerability and surrendering and put them to use with you all as we spend some time together today. I've heard from a couple of you that you were wondering when I would share part of my story, and more specifically, my story of living with an eating disorder. And today's the day, my friends. And I really want to make sure that I present it through the lens of being vulnerable and surrendering to the moment. I think it's only fair that if I'm asking you to be vulnerable and surrender to the moment, that I also be vulnerable and surrender to the moment with you. So let's rewind to January 2016. I had just gotten home from college and got a membership to a local gym right down the road from my house. And fitness has always been a part of my life, and it's always been something that has uh, brought me joy. And, and I'm also a person that's big, 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 big on routines. And so completing a daily workout was an incredibly great way for me to add some structure to my day. Well... I started going to the gym almost daily, and naturally with going to the gym daily, I began to lose some weight. I wasn't drinking as much anymore, and I was really starting to take my nutrition a little more seriously. And as I started to lose weight, and I met up with friends post-graduation, 
a lot of them started to give me compliments on my appearance and asked if I had uh, lost some weight. These comments were so intoxicating to me. I was getting more attention about the way that I had looked now than I had in the last several years of my life. And these comments started to become intoxicating in a way. And, and I would continue to work out and use those compliments as fuel to stimulate and encourage more weight loss in myself. It, it got to the point where I was working out hours and hours on end, seven days a week, never took a rest day, and I was simply just not eating enough food to keep up with my higher levels of fitness. I kept losing weight, and, and then over time, not eating enough turned into restricting my food intake, and that led to more weight loss. And my body transformed from a normal weight uh, of a 23-year-old to what I would say as a bony skeletal figure at the age of 23. Um, I just remember my, my eyes were sunken into the back of my head. My hair was started to thin and fall out. Um, I was cold all of the time. I was in a haze and extremely irritable and emotional. Um, I would always disassociate from my body, meaning I my body was still there, but it felt like my mind detached and I was off in my own world. Um, and, I, and I almost passed out every time I stood up. In this space, I was obsessive about the way that I looked and would constantly check my body in the mirror and, and really pinpoint all of the areas that I could lose more fat and tone um, those abs or muscles even more. Um, during this time, I was also obsessively and compulsively exercising. Um, I was also overanalyzing, reading nutrition labels, and was excessively um, restricting carbs, sugar, and dairy from my diet. Um, and I kind of like to joke around um, that, you know, if it wasn't spinach, low-fat yogurt, low-calorie this or that, um, I really didn't want it. Uh, I also remember I would always get so incredibly anxious whenever I would sit down and eat. Um, you know, I would always tried to be the last person to sit down at meals and, and really would avoid starting meals until everyone else had started. Um, and once I did start to eat, I would just eat so slowly um, because I was trying to savor every single bite of food that I let enter into my body. And, and I really didn't want that food to enter my body, but I knew that if I would be eating in social settings that I needed to eat this food in front of family and or friends. Uh, this is something interesting that, you know, when I was really, really struggling with my eating disorder that I obsessively, and when I say obsessively, it would be multiple hours a day where I would look at food on Pinterest and would make so many boards of all of the foods that looked enticing to me. And, and in a way, me looking at this food 
was a way of allowing myself to experience this food without actually consuming it. And I was tricking my brain into thinking that I was eating and not restricting. During this time, I also ignored any biological hunger cues that my brain was giving me. And, and when my brain was telling me that I was hungry, I would typically resort to some other unhealthy behaviors to try and make me feel full. But that sense of fullness only lasted so long, and then the hunger cues would just come back. I also remember that there were many moments that I just cried at night because I was so hungry, but I would never allow myself to eat. And whenever I think back to this, it makes me so sad to think about this younger Eric that was in such a dark and lonely place and in a place of struggling too. Along with the compulsive exercising and the restriction, I also started to spit and chew. And for those of you who don't know what spitting and chewing is, it's pretty simple. And what I've learned now is a quite a common behavior for those that do struggle with an eating disorder. And so spitting and chewing is when you chew a food, which is most likely a restricted food, um, and then spit it out without consuming it. And really it's a way to avoid consuming the food and calories without actually ingesting it. And uh, as I've been reading more and more about this, little did I know this process of spitting and chewing was doing a lot of damage to my body and digestive system. And it was creating excessive acid in my stomach because through chewing, chewing, um, my brain was telling my body and digestive system that there was food entering the body and that it needed to be digested. And for me, a lot of the food that I spit and chewed um, or chewed and spit, I should really say, was mostly sweet foods. Um, and, and for me, there was such a release when I chose to engage in spitting and chewing. Um, and, and when I was doing that, I was allowing myself to experience these foods that I was craving and felt so safe in doing so because I told myself that I wasn't ingesting the food. And, and really, I could not even tell you the amount of money that I also spent on sweets during this time. Um, over the course of several months, I had lost a total of 50 to 60 pounds um, and weighed 110 pounds at my lowest. Um, and, and the way that my family and friends describe it is that I looked sick and ill. Um, kind of going along those same lines was really when I started to lose a drastic amount of weight that my friends and family had then started to voice their concerns to me as I started to lose more and more weight. Um, they asked if I was sick and if everything was okay. And, you know, I played it off as, you know, I'm working out more, I'm not drinking as much anymore, and, you know, I'm just not eating enough to keep up with the higher levels of fitness that I'm now engaging in. Um, my family and friends would only take that answer so many times uh, before they started to recognize that something was wrong. However, the stubborn me that I know myself to be um, would always deny that something much bigger and deeper was going on. 
And, you know, after responding and kind of playing things off like everything was okay, I would then crawl back into my hole and I would go back to um, compulsively exercising. I would go back to restricting my food intake. I would go back to um, chewing and spitting. And, and it was really during this time that I completely isolated myself from friends. And something that's been really inter- interesting for me to really think about is, you know, as I was isolating deep down, I would really be craving connection with others. Um, however, the fear of eating around others and my friends is what, you know, kept me isolated from them. And I would avoid going out to eat um, because I was fearful of eating those higher calorie foods and those fear foods. Um, and, and I was afraid of eating larger portions than what I would typically allow myself to eat if I were eating on my own. Um, I felt incredibly anxious at all points in time whenever I was around friends and food because I felt like everyone had their eyes on me when I ate. And, and I was so incredibly insecure in myself, in my body. Anytime I ate, I also had a strong desire to be able to work out after I ate. I needed to move in order to alleviate some of the anxiety that presented itself during and or after a meal. And, you know, I had invested in an Apple Watch and I wore that every single day. Um, and that was something that I had used to track my workouts and my calories burned during the day and during my workouts. And as I wore that watch more and more and became more obsessive about, you know, how many calories I was burning during the day and, um, and whatnot, I became so obsessive with, um, trying to burn as many calories a day as possible. And I somehow made this rule in my mind that, you know, the number of calories burned needed to exceed the calories I consumed during the day, which would put me in a negative caloric intake for the day. And I don't know why my brain thought that that was a good idea, but it was the only thing that made sense to me um, at the time. And, and, and typically, that's what drove a lot of my thoughts around what I would allow myself to eat that particular day. Um, it got to the point where my family members would continue to ask me more and more um, about what was going on. And that was really when it brought me to the point where, you know, I really needed to pause and reflect about what was actually going on. Now, not at any point during this time did I consider myself anorexic, nor did I ever consider the fact that I had an eating disorder. Um, but my family uh, was starting to tell me more and more that they were, you know, going to make a doctor's appointment for me um, to go in and see what was going on if, if I didn't change and my weight didn't go up. And, you know, in all honesty, I was, I was more terrified of being placed in an eating disorder treatment facility um, and gaining back all of the weight that I had spent so hard losing. It was after living with an eating disorder for almost a year and a half that I made myself pause and reflect as well. 
and I knew I needed to take action on what I was doing to my body and to begin to treat it with a little more love and respect. Um, I worked for a summer camp one summer and I distinctly remember walking into work one day and I remember telling myself, Eric, today is the day you take your life back. And it was really in this moment that an overwhelming sense of energy flowed throughout my body. And, and it was both good and anxious energy. I was about to embark on what we call today in the eating disorder community, my recovery journey. That day, I allowed myself to consume more food than what I would typically allow myself to and immediately started to notice the physiological changes in my body. You know, I felt like I had more energy. I was less in a haze. I was less lightheaded anytime I stood up. I was less irritable. And something that really stood out to me was that I was more in my body and less outside of my body. And it was really during this time where through increased food intake, that I really began to feel more connected to myself. I was experiencing bits and pieces of the Eric that I knew myself to be before my eating disorder took control over me and my body. And it felt so exciting to also be back in my body and interacting with this person. As much as I wanna say that my recovery was smooth sailing, it, it really wasn't. Eating still gave me extreme anxiety, but especially now, as I was eating more in a day than I had in the past two years. My body was confused and had a hard time understanding what was going on. I still noticed some problems with my digestive system and also found myself struggling with bowel movements. However, there is no greater feeling, though, than allowing myself to eat more. I continued with the chewing and spitting during my recovery process and still found myself compulsively exercising. I would binge eat and then restrict. The behaviors would be frequent, but could take form in any way it wanted to on any given day. However, the awareness of these behaviors rising became more clear for me to notice and identify. It wasn't until I registered for the Twin Cities Marathon and started training for it that I finally had internalized that I needed to make my nutrition a bigger priority in my recovery, and that proper nutrition was going to be crucial for me as I began a four-month training plan that required me to run five days a week in order to be prepared for this marathon. And without proper nutrition, I wouldn't have been able to get through such intensive training. And it was during this time where I really started to look at nutrition from a macro level. I started to incorporate carbs and sugars and fats back into my diet. And it was really then that I tried my best to make sure that I was getting in components from each macronutrient into my meals. I knew I wasn't eating enough, but I did know that this was the most I'd allowed myself to eat in years. 
and I noticed how much better myself and my runs were with the increased food intake. As I started to eat a little more, I finally began to put on some weight, which was a good thing. But however, you know, on the other side of this weight gain came additional comments from my family and friends, um, and that these comments were that I looked so much better, and uh, and then, then they proceeded to ask if I had gained this weight that they had assumed I had gained. And while I knew I wanted to gain weight back, I, I really didn't like the fact that others were starting to notice. And, and hearing these comments about my weight gain pulled me back into the depths of my eating disorder and led me to engage in some of those unhealthy behaviors I've spent some time talking with you about here. It was like this game of tug and war where, you know, I was moving forward in my recovery, but then, you know, I was getting pulled back into my eating disorder because of a lot of these comments. Um, but, but really, in the end, I was able to finally reduce some of the shame and guilt around these comments and realized that I was on this journey of recovery for myself and that I was treating my body with more respect for me. This recovery really required me to tap into my innate self and embrace it for who it is and to embrace the body that this person lives in and to treat it with love and respect. By the time I was at a good place with food and nutrition, I finally felt reconnected to my true self. And the journey of recovering allowed me to give my brain and body the nutrition it needed in order to function. My brain had the fuel to allow me to cognitively engage in ways that allowed for this self-decoverance. My brain had the fuel to allow me to cognitively engage in ways that allowed for this self-discovery to occur. And for that, I am incredibly grateful. The more I was able to connect to myself, the more grounded I felt in this world, the more in tune I was with myself and my emotions. I was starting to listen to my body's hunger cues and was retraining my brain that eating was okay and that it shouldn't be something to be afraid of. I was rewiring pathways in my brain that had been so reinforced with negative self-talk and I began to replace those words with self-love, with words of encouragement, with words I hadn't told myself in the almost two years that I struggled with my eating disorder. I was really starting to grow and evolve into a new person. I'd always been on the fence about sharing my story because... Me admitting that I had an eating disorder for two years when I denied it required vulnerability. And it also required me to surrender to the moment and release control of the present moment. It wasn't until February of 2021 that I chose to share my story of living with an eating disorder on social media. And let me tell you, it was absolutely terrifying. But deep down, I just felt a push to be vulnerable with others and hopefully open the door to conversations around eating disorders, disordered eating, and body image. I drafted my post and and sat with it for 
probably an hour or so. This post first required me to be vulnerable with myself. And for me, that was the hardest step of this entire process. I had to really sit with some strong emotions that came up around it. And I couldn't believe that I was finally choosing to honor my experience of living with an eating disorder. The nerves held me back immediately. And after a while, I hit post. I tried to remain control in all of the emotions, but that didn't work. And so I surrendered to the moment and let go of that control. My story was now out there and into the world. There was nothing else I could do besides go on and hit delete if I couldn't sit with the immense amounts of uncertainty I was feeling. The amount of love and messages that poured in after I made my post was truly heartwarming. I had no clue what effect this post could have on myself and on others. Me choosing to be vulnerable with myself allowed me to eliminate the shame around living with my eating disorder. And instead of judging myself and experience, I approached it with love and compassion. And that was a super critical moment for me in my healing journey. For me, one thing I think that I've really learned and would love to share with you all is that when we can learn to eliminate shame around our experiences, we open the door for self-love and greater understanding. And this in and of itself should be enough of a reason for us to dive into this space of vulnerability. Shortly after I made my post, I felt a push to begin my advocacy work to continue to raise awareness around eating disorders. And I made my first post in August of 2021. And the amount of energy I felt as I made this post was unreal. Things felt right. And I continued to follow this flow of energy and continue making posts around various topics such as body dysmorphia, body acceptance, intuitive eating, the list goes on. I took a trip to New York in October 2021 and once I landed, I had this vision come to my head of me needing to start a business to make my messaging a more widespread and that this business would be an apparel company that aligns with the messaging and advocacy work I was putting out there into the world. I had no clue what the business structure would look like, but I did know that it was something that I knew I could make happen. Once I got home from my trip, I took out a pen and paper and started writing some phrases down that align with my advocacy work. And as I was doing this and looking back at everything that I had written down, a word that really stuck out to me was embrace. And that's how I got the name for my business. And my business is called Embraceware. Embraceware was founded in November of 2021 and I started to create and sell apparel in December of 2021. Embraceware donates a portion of its proceeds to local eating disorder clinics here in Minnesota. And 
If you're interested in checking out Embraceware, I will include a link over to our Etsy page. And if you use the code EMBRACINGYOU, all caps, you can get 25% off your purchase. My struggle of living with an eating disorder has now become my fuel to continue to make a difference in this world and to help others know they aren't alone if they are struggling with an eating disorder, disordered eating, and or body image. Because I know that beneath all of the struggles and the negative self-talk lies a beautiful person who is worthy of immense amounts of love, their own love, because they're worthy of it. We only get one life in one body, and we need to treat it well so we can really create a sustaining and meaningful life that brings us joy and happiness. And there will be moments where you are challenged, and I really encourage you to lean into those challenges and remember to be vulnerable and surrender to yourself and the moment. I am an open book, And if you have any questions about my eating disorder or recovery journey, um, I would be more than honored to answer those questions. So I invite you all to feel free to reach out to me on my social media pages and and really just to let me know. I'll also include um, my social media handles in the show notes as well. Um, I'm just looking at the time here and in Stockholm, it's getting, it's getting pretty late here. And as we wrap up our time here together, um, I just really wanted to let you all know how much I appreciate you all for taking time out of your day to spend some time with me. And I hope that at some point in time, as you are listening to my story, that you were able to see yourself reflected or you learned something. And I hope you were able to know you weren't and aren't alone on this journey because you have me in this beautiful community of followers. As always, be gentle, be kind, embrace yourself and who you are right here, right now, and most importantly, love yourself because you're beautiful. Much love.